1 Timothy. What I really want to do is introduce you to the pastoral epistles. Pastoral epistles is a title given to three books, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. They're given by people, scholars, living in the last couple centuries. They don't really come from the Bible itself because they look upon these books as being written to pastors, which is sort of right and sort of wrong. It's certainly true that Timothy and Titus were men who exercised a pastoral function in the life of the early church. On the other hand, it's not really true that they were pastors. It's better to call them apostolic delegates because they had more power than any pastor that you or I know. For example, they're told to organize the church and appoint elders. Well, no one pastor today has the right to establish the church and appoint elders by himself. The apostles could do that because they were establishing the foundations. And Paul chose some men to do his work in his stead. That's why we call them delegates. And instead of an apostle, therefore, apostolic delegates. One thing we need to think about with regard to the uh, pastoral epistles is what they're all about. What do they mean to do? Some people think that the main job of the pastoral epistles is to refute error. And it's true that they are very interested in correcting doctrinal deviation and establishing a solid framework for the doctrine of the church. But I really think they're doing more than that. I think that they're also, or primarily, establishing the health of the church for the generations to come. And one reason why I say that is because as much as the pastoral epistles stress good doctrine, they also stress good life. On 13 different occasions, the pastoral epistles commend good works. Some people in the church today are a little bit nervous about good works. They think, well, you know, if you're a Christian, you don't talk about good works. If you're a Christian, you don't want to talk about good works because it will undermine the gospel of salvation by grace through faith alone. Well, tell it to Paul. Because Paul, on 13 different occasions... And the pastoral epistles said, you need to make sure you're producing some good works. If you really believe, good works will follow. And you know that good works and good theology together make a healthy church. You need both, not just one or the other. Zeal for doctrine without love, as we saw earlier, produces a dead church. Some people also notice that the pastoral epistles sound kind of different from the rest of Paul's letters. Have you noticed that? Do you read that way? See the texture? How are the pastoral epistles a little bit different from the other epistles? Anybody give it a shot real quick? How are they different? Yes. Okay, there's more encouragement. Well, why are they friendly? That's right. He's writing to Timothy and Titus. Timothy is his child, his son, his beloved son. So he's got this warm tone. Right? It's also true. Anybody else want to try anything else? How they're different? Sarah? Yeah. That's right. Romans and Ephesians. It's a lot of theology and explaining. Very uh, very thick. Very thought-provoking. Whereas, Timothy and Titus, kind of easier to understand. Doesn't seem as dense. Probably because they know Paul's theology, right? People notice those differences. Sometimes it uh, makes them worry about 
the books, maybe they say Paul didn't really write. He also has different vocabulary in these books. But I say, no, no need to worry about that. After all, he's writing to a different audience. And if you think it's surprising that he would use different words in a different style with his beloved friends instead of writing perhaps to the church of the Galatians, I would say to you, uh, what do you think would happen if a transcript of all the letters and all the phone conversations you ever wrote and uttered were recorded? Letters to old girlfriends, phone calls to old girlfriends, and applications for work. They'd probably sound pretty different, wouldn't they? And letters to the IRS would probably sound quite different from letters to your fiancé. Just to pick one example. Same person, different audience. I guess we should expect Paul writing to his beloved son to sound different than the way he sounds when he writes to the foolish Galatians. So let's not worry about those sorts of things. Let's see what the book's about. Let me give you one more thought just for now. The thought is that Paul is writing to establish the church for the future after he and the other apostles are gone. It's a key verse. I'll invite you to maybe even turn to it. A key verse is 2 Timothy 2, 2. All the twos. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Crucial bit of instruction. He says, Timothy, the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will be able to teach others. Think about it just for a second. How many generations are there here? The answer is four. The things that you have heard me say. So Paul to Timothy, entrust to reliable men, that's three, who will be able to teach others, that's four. If a generation is 25 years, the church is now in its 79th generation. And Paul, with the insight of a prophet, knew the church was going to last a while. And so he said, get things going to establish the health of the church through the generations. Don't just listen. Don't just preserve. Entrust it to others. And as you pick those to whom you'll entrust it, pick those who will be able to pass it on to others. Which is, of course, good advice to this day to anybody who's a leader. It's not enough to be sharp. It's not enough to listen. Each one of you who are leaders, and I'll say that everybody here is a leader, just by sitting here at the seminary, that says a lot. I mean, you're spending your free Monday nights at seminary. Just spending time at seminary, even if you're not going to be a professional, says that you're some kind of a leader, even if highly informal. And you should be listening to the previous generation, nailing it yourself, passing it on to others, and thinking about nurturing those others who will keep it going after you're gone, and so on.